Welcome to a special episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. As you can see from the title of the episode, it's a, another tribute episode. This one, I'm not necessarily rushing it into production, but uh, figure why wait? Um, I found out last week, and I was going to wait for Rich Klein, who who also knew Dan and was a fellow saber kind of person. And I thought, you know, I just need to get this out. I've listened to some of the other tributes or read some of the tributes that are in the other uh, other excellent podcasts and other kinds of uh, email uh, distributions, other digital publications coming out talking about Dan and just thought, you know, I, I had to put my two cents in. Uh, some of the tributes are are people that that had heard about him, but uh, I, I knew him. I don't think I would say I knew him extremely well. I didn't ever lived close by, but uh, he he was uh, uh, he really came through for me in a couple of instances. And I want to relate. I want to do a tribute in a way that's just uh, my words. He, uh, I think he was a tough guy. He he was kind of intimidating when I was I was a little bit younger than him. I remember meeting him. He was full of life and. He was a, 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 a policeman, a cop at the time out in Long Island where it's pretty tough. And I uh, obviously respected him. He was the editor and publisher of Trader Speaks, which was one of the, probably the main publication when I got in the hobby. It had uh, editorial, but, uh, and there was editorial there, but it was chock full of ads. Uh, and if you look back at some of those original issues, they're ads from some iconic uh, dealers, uh, some of whom are gone now, but... Uh, if you were uh, selling important cards, uh, a lot of that went through Dan Dishley and through the Trader Speaks or TTS. I knew that he was also involved with Sabre, and I was a little bit involved with Sabre. He was there right at the beginning of Sabre and was a you know, huge baseball guy, as many of many of uh, of the early collectors and dealers and publishers were. But he was uh, uh, very much into that, and I. I guess I never got as involved in Sabre as I could have. I, I really loved what they were doing, but I, I think I just had my hands full with uh, the card collecting thing. But if you've read some of the other uh, obituary uh, tributes to Dan, he I don't know if he gave Keith Olbermann his start, but uh, Keith Olbermann was a, was an early uh, writer in the Trader Speaks and, and did uh, scholarly work. And again, just like Dan was a uh, loved cards, but but loved the game as well. And that was that was uh, many of those uh, early pioneers in the hobby were were uh, very much into the sport, not just into into collecting. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't all about the money. Uh, it was uh, about rarity and and following. And he was a big Cincinnati Red guy. Uh, it seemed like a lot of the people in those early days had some had some loyalties. I actually had. My, my most important interaction with Dan was in 1976 when I'd been a subscriber for a number of years. And I, I think I picked up the phone. It certainly wasn't email. And I know I didn't write him. And I just said, you know, I, I met you, but uh, you don't really know me that well. But I'm, you know, I'd, I'd had my PhD in statistics at that point, And I was uh, considering or launching this uh, baseball card price survey. It wasn't as exhaustive as uh, what the books and the magazine became. But it was a survey of uh, key cards sets that were uh, widely collectible. And I proposed to Dan and also proposed to uh, SCD that they uh, print. I think he, I think he did it all for free just for the good of the hobby. So again, my, I, I, I owe him a, a big debt of thanks. So I think he, and it was, they were the big circulation. Doesn't seem like large circulation now, but it was, it was everybody. It was anybody in those days. So he printed out uh, and typeset actually his, uh, the price survey that I sent him 
and I got a lot of responses, uh, enough to feel like I had a statistically valid uh, uh, valid results to, to report. And then he was gracious and generous enough to run the survey results, which again, I just provided for free. But on the other hand, he, he provided me the space for free. And so it really did get out there. And I, I'm just telling you, it, it was an ad machine, just like SCD was. Uh, he was uh, at the top of his game at that time, and SCD was coming on strong, but both of those were just chock full of ads. And so when he dedicated a couple pages to uh, my uh, my uh, initial survey and actually did it uh, a couple of years, and so he was uh, he, he, he just really came through. And that's foregoing the, the ad revenue, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, always be appreciative of that. One of the things I read about that jogged my mind when when uh, when I was reading the uh, the, the longer uh, obit from uh, I think from the Saber guy was about his uh, poker background, and I realized that a lot of those card shows where he was where uh, where I was there and he was there, I think they were late night poker games, and I think he probably did pretty well. There were a number of uh, you know when you know it was a bunch of guys getting together at a hotel or in a at a place, and most of these were in the East Coast, but I was up in Ohio in those days. So I went over to New York a bunch and that's really where the action was. But I guess the action was after hours in the poker game, which now I'm realizing if he was a professional poker player or at that level, I'm even with my PhD in statistics, I'm glad I didn't get in those games. I, I, I just enjoyed uh, the buying and selling and trading of the card show uh, into the, which actually went in late into the evening in those days. But, you know, I went to bed and it sounds like some of these other guys went out and, uh, or not didn't go out. They just went to some room and, and uh, had a had a, a high stakes uh, card game. I don't know if it involved. Uh, um, uh, I'm sure it involved cash, but it may have involved uh, cards as well. So that would have been that would have been interesting. I do have sponsors. Uh, Dan had, uh, like I said, every key dealer. It seemed like in those days was one of his advertisers, and I I was actually an advertiser, not not that frequently. But I ran some ads, and I certainly bought some stuff. And again, it was it was the Trader Speaks was was an inspired publication. So, uh, but my sponsors are Beckett Media, which was not around at that time, but thanks to Dan, uh, came along with, uh, my first book was in 1979, but like I said, in 76, I announced the survey, did it 77 and 78, these free, uh, price survey surveys were distributed, uh, partly thanks to Dan and, uh, and I was off to the races and he, um, I guess stopped with Trader Speaks in 83, starting in 68 and stopped in 83, which, Kind of means he tracked somewhat um, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench, 68 rookie card. You know, I guess Johnny Bench went past 83, but but uh, again, he was a he was a huge Reds fan. But Beckett Media is my uh, uh, was my initial sponsor and my company, and uh, you know, built on uh, the foundation that uh, that uh, Trader Speaks had, as well as SED was another one. Uh, ComC ComC wasn't around obviously in those days, but. Again, ComC was in the spirit of Trader Speaks of trying to provide a, a marketplace where there's an exchange of information and fair fair trade. So ComC has been a great new development. Burbank Sports Cards wasn't existing, but again, made uh, Rob has made great use of uh, of uh, the internet. Mike Stadium Sports Cards, kind of a uh, Mike's kind of a social media maven. And uh, back in '68, when Dan got started there, I don't think there really were any card. There weren't any card stores that, I, that to speak of, and there there really weren't any card shows. And there there may have been a couple of card collector get-togethers, but um, but uh, that that's been cool. The development of uh, more more shows, more more uh, more stores. Huggins and Scott Heritage Auction, a couple auction houses. They 
were not around in 68, uh, obviously, but there were other places where people were auctioning, but they weren't at the level. They were more uh, other publications. And in fact, I think Dan had uh, auction ads in there where people could do, uh, but it, it was mainly mailing your bid, maybe maybe call on the phone, I guess, too. And then uh, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Upper Deck didn't come along till 89. Panini actually was probably around, uh, but only in Europe. And Tops has been there. Tops was the, the main stuff. Although when you look at those early Trader Speaks uh, publications, you saw a lot more than just Tops. Again, it was a big part of my education in uh, subscribing to Trader Speaks. I basically, uh, in the 70s, when I got into it really deep, I subscribed to everything. But uh, Trader Speaks was, was either number one or number one A uh, at that time. And uh, and Dan was like uh, like like I started out. He was the he was the writer, the editor, the designer, the distributor, uh, did everything. And um, and uh, like I said, I, I admire that. He was only uh, seventy four when he passed away. That's uh, obviously not not a uh, not an not an old age. It's uh, I, I hope to still be in my prime when I'm at that level, but. Uh, and nobody, nobody lives forever. And when you leave, it's, uh, leave the earth. It's, it's nice to know that, uh, that, uh, like Dan, uh, he, he really made a difference. Again, a huge baseball fan, one of the founders of Saber. He had a great collection. I'm not sure, uh, what has happened to that or whether it was, uh, distributed, uh, as in, 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 in his later years. But again, a huge Cincinnati Red fan. And uh, again, I, I knew him as a, as a as a as a police detective, which was, uh, like I said, just a little bit intimidating. He was, I, I basically never uh, realized, you know, the, the, back in those days. I, I guess you can you could you could uh, pack, and uh, he he was just not somebody to mess with. I mean, obviously, I think people paid their paid their bills to him, uh, but again, he was uh, very much appreciated in the hobby for the for the service that he provided. I've been enjoying doing these tribute episodes. They're basically an opportunity for me to give a reminiscence about some of these uh hobby icons that I that I knew uh to uh, to some degree or another and uh, look at some of the uh, outstanding ways that they contributed to the growth. I mean many when when uh, when we look around now we can see that so much of what's been built was built on the shoulders of of uh, men like Dan. Uh, and I, I'm glad I can do this and not wait another uh, month or so. Uh, I, I'm glad that his uh, his passing got some action um, in the uh, in in the on the news wires because he was a, a true pioneer in our in our industry. So thanks for listening to another tribute episode. I wish I weren't doing this many of them, but I'm going to stop and do this whenever. It uh, happens that somebody is uh, absolutely worthy of it. So we'll do more. If you've got ideas for other episodes, other tributes, I'm very open to that. Just email me at drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. And I'm very happy to hear your, I mean, I'd rather have constructive uh, praise or criticism in in terms of uh, what kind of episodes you're liking. Uh, if you're not liking the uh, tribute episodes, then then just just pass them by because I, I don't intend to stop. It won't be hopefully not that frequent, but when uh, when somebody's worthy of uh, of an episode, I'm I'm going to do it and I'm going to uh, feel good about it. Even though I'll be sad that uh, again another another uh, pioneer uh, dies at what I consider an untimely 
untimely age. So thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another, uh, perhaps more upbeat episode. But uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, thank you, Dan Dishley, for, uh, for, uh, for your part in the growth of this great, great hobby and industry. Thanks. Bye-bye.